So hey everybody, welcome to ARE Live. I'm Mark Tier, the founder of Black Spectacles, and today we have a really interesting discussion. Uh, we're going to be talking about how to get licensed as a parent, uh, which for those of you who are parents know that can be a rather daunting proposition. Um, so I'm excited to, to talk uh, with our three panelists today. Uh, about that. Before we get started, if you'd like to attend our next ARE live broadcast, we're going to have, a, again, another really interesting discussion about how to navigate the contract. So we're going to be, we'll work with uh, Mike Newman, as well as one of the uh, one of the lawyers from Schiff Hardin um, is going to be participating in that. And so they're going to have a really nice conversation about um, all the intricacies of the, of the contracts. So make sure uh, if you want to participate in that one, you go to blackspectacles.com slash podcast to register. And just like uh, this one, you'll have a chance to, uh, to ask questions to the group. Um, as you guys probably know, um, here at Black Spectacles, in addition to our video lectures, we now have these online practice exams as well as online flashcards and our group coaching program. Um, I mentioned this last time, I want to mention it again. Um, our February group coaching program uh, closed about two weeks ago, uh, so it's about to kick off actually this week, which is really exciting. Um, if you're interested in participating in our next group coaching program, you can visit blackspectacles.com slash group coaching, um, and you can add your, your name to our wait list for the next program, and you'll get more details about the specific timing and so forth. Um, so the, so far, that's been a really, uh, a really great program where you get paired up with a mentor, someone who's recently licensed, and then you're, you're, um, you, you join a group of you know, seven to eight um, architects who are pursuing the exact same kind of path toward licensure as you are, um, and you guys have online meetings and so forth. So it's a really great program, blackspectacles.com slash group coaching. Um, then I also like to remind folks, if you'd like to get your boss to pay for your Black Spectacles membership, be sure to tell them about our firm licenses for any size firm, whether you work at a 10-person or a 10,000-person firm. Um, we have firm licenses that provide access to multiple users and all sorts of reporting and good stuff. So you can go to blackspectacles.com slash firms to, uh, to put, your, uh, put, your, put your boss on the hook um, to help uh, pay for your exam prep. Um, and then, as always, today at the end of our session, we have a special discount on Black, Spectac on Black Spectacles individual memberships that we'll share. Today, I'm um, quite lucky to be joined by three special guests um, uh, who are going to help um, share their experiences uh, and how they went about getting licensed uh, while being a parent. So our first guest is Sean Donadio from Northeast Collaborative Architects in Middletown, Connecticut. Um, Sean is a principal there, and um, Sean, um, his office is about 20 folks big, um, over three different offices. So Sean, uh, welcome to the group. Welcome to the discussion. Thank you. Yeah. I'm very excited about being a part. Yeah, great to have you. And Sean uh, does have some children and a dog in the background, so um, he will be um, negotiating them his, while this <laughs> session is going on. So he's living the real deal here. Very um, much so. Also pleased to have uh, Lisa Reed from, uh, she's an associate from Quinn Evans in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hi. Hi. Great. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Uh, if you guys don't know, Quinn Evans is a 100-plus uh, architecture firm, um, so very pleased to have you, Lisa. And then finally, uh, Joe Rasnick is a principal from Integrity Architecture in Lexington, K Kentucky. Welcome, Joe. Thank you. And um, Integrity Architecture is, a, um, is the firm that Joe's uh, one of the founders of. Uh, it's an 11-person firm there in, uh, in Lexington. So, um, so we're excited to have all of you guys. We are going to jump right in here to our first question. And maybe I'll start this one uh, with you, Lisa. Um, okay. Tell us a little bit about yourself um, 
and you know when did you have kids and how that how did that line up with your testing schedule um, well w one thing about me is I'm not a typically great um, planner so I wasn't sort I sort of had a whole bunch of interests and one was my career and one was in and I did not have the interest in getting licensed for a while until I a little while after I got married and then I had um, a house and I started getting a little little bit more serious I, I, I made a list for this for this podcast of all the dates of when I took my tests because mm -hmm. I took a, a long five years to get all of mine done and it's interesting like you know when I when I got it when I actually got time to do it so I had my first child went in 2010 and then <clears throat> excuse me um, I accidentally got pregnant six months later wow. so I basically <laughs> was pregnant again and got was starting to get nervous so I started studying and I started taking them and I flunked my first one mm -hmm. um, and then took another then had another baby and then the rest fell into play over the years after that Okay. And so did you sort of, um, um, at that point, did you say, all right, I'm going to go knock these out, and you took sort of seven back-to-back, -back, like one every week or something like that? Or how did you oh, do that? No, I did not do that. I, that is not something that I would have physically been able to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's not enough, you know, like time in the day for that when you have two small children, for sure. There's a sleep issue happening <laughs> right. across the board. So I um, – I, Quick, I took I took a couple before um, my daughter was born, and then I waited a year, and then I took um, three, in a three or four in a row, like every month. I'd give myself a month to go. About a month um, okay. through. Yeah. Then I made the decision to buy uh, to move from the city to the country and buy a historic mill, a giant pro project. Wow. So that happened, <laughs> and then I started taking them again. Um, and I basically did one a month again, starting back up in, in 2017, but I, um, I switched over. I should say I had the fortunate opportunity to switch over to ARE 5.0 for yeah. my last two okay. and they were so much more enjoyable. And honestly, I'd been working already for like, I guess it was like nine years as an architect. So they were basically because they're so much more intuitive, they're easier and um, I, you know, I, I just kind of banged them out one after the other. I never did anything more uh, closer than a month apart, though. Okay. So I think there's a couple of key things here. So you ended up finding out that, so you sort of, there's a sort of start and stop, I guess, um, as you, as sort of life happened, let's say. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but when you were kind of moving at, at kind of a consistent pace, you were basically doing about one per month. Um, Correct. And you found a lot of um, a lot of at that point you had nine years of experience and so ARE 5.0 seemed to make more sense um, or seemed to feel a little bit more comfortable. Is that is that fair? Yes. Correct. Okay. Cool. Um, so that makes sense. Joe, tell me a little bit about um, same thing for you. Tell us your situation. How did kids um, sort of um, you know having kids I guess set up in your testing schedule. Sure. Well, I guess, and I would have to echo uh, several of the things Lisa said, but for me kind of getting started, I guess I should get out of the way that three years out of school, so right around, uh, I guess around 2009, I applied to test early in 4.0. I think it was uh, PPP uh, mm -hmm. that I took first and failed that, but really studied for it really hard. But I think 
what was missing was that kind of practical level experience. And of course, I'm sure everybody, most people know the more experience you have, the, you know, the, the easier time you're going to have with it. But, um, so, uh, I just went back to work and kind of put it on the back burner and eventually we started a firm and in 2011, um, and then about three months later, uh, I found out, uh, I was going to be a dad. (laughs) So it was kind of a lot, uh, a lot on my plate at that moment. Um, had a, had planned on going ahead and starting studying that sort of put a damper in it and similar to, to Lisa, not quite as quickly thereafter, but, um, within a couple of years, we found out we were going to have our second mm-hmm. and that was in 2015 and, um, you know, all the while trying to build up this, this firm. And then for me, it wasn't until, um, kind of the combined, uh, release of 5.0, uh, learning a little bit about what was going to go into that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, my local, uh, AR, uh, AIA chapter, sorry, um, started a, a class that was going to be kind of a group, uh, a collective group of, of various professionals from around the area, uh, that were going to be using black spectacles, um, to, uh, to, to work from as a study group. And, you know, I'm sure, again, uh, a lot of people would agree that one thing you get really good at, especially people who haven't taken a test for 10 years out of school, you get really good at at um, rationalizing not taking them. Uh, you know, this, this, that is too much, too busy, whatever. You get really good at it. And finally, I think when that class came up, I just ran out of excuses for myself. I was like, I don't, I don't really... I don't know why I wouldn't jump on this opportunity. And I, I can't really explain it much better than, you know, when you hear all the people in your office around you that are taking tests and, oh, they passed one or, oh, man, they failed one, but they're still studying. It just it can be crushing and heavy to see all these people making strides and you're not. And there was something about 5.0 you know, nobody was testing in it in my office, nobody around me was testing in it. And so it felt, I don't know, because it was unknown, maybe a little less daunting. Um, I think I felt the same way. It was just like, all right, let's just jump on this. Just do it. I don't even know exactly what I'm getting myself into. I just dove in and, and like Lisa said, um, it took, it didn't take very long to realize that 5.0, you know, in my opinion is, a way better structured test. It feels like you're doing work at the office. That's what it feels like. And um, so it uh, it just kind of the dominoes started falling from there, but that's really how it got started. That's, uh, I love how you said that. Um, there's a lot of really great things there. Um, in fact, Willie, uh, one of our, one of the folks listening in, said amen to that so um, as you're talking about excuses and and so forth um, so I'm gonna let Sean um, hop in here Sean tell us a little bit about your situation and how kids lined up with testing uh, for you see I'm, I'm a combination definitely of Joe and Lisa and I guess I was a little better at putting things on the back burner um, I had 14 years of experience before I just had to uh, get to taking this test I had um, was really busy with work and teaching at a Roger Williams University uh, design, so um, I I put it on 
on the way back burner. So when I started, I had three three children, um, eight eight years old, six years old, and two years old. So it was a very busy house uh, to to be a part of. Uh, I finished and started everything in uh, 4.0. I think I had a fear when 5.0 was looming that I needed to get this done um, because I just whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah, I knew the I knew the I knew the evils that I was uh, working through, so I didn't want to I didn't want to learn something new um, with with 5.0. Interesting. Uh, I I did take three and a half years um, to complete it, um, with a year and a half kind of break in the middle, which was not a great idea. Um, mm-hmm. You know taking a break and then having to kind of get back to this beautiful routine of taking these tests is not an easy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really great observation or at least comment there about taking a, a year and a half break in there. Um, you know, one thing that's going through my mind is I wonder, um, you know, we spent a lot of time here thinking about oh, what are the motivations for getting licensed um, and so forth. And one of them um, that I believe design intelligence has studied and the AIA I'm sure has studied as well and documented is that you know licensed architects you know make more money um, their salaries are higher certainly over the lifetime of their career um, mm-hmm. how did that play I'm just curious how did that play and did, did you are you guys aware of that um, as you were making your decisions about getting licensed um, or pursuing it um, did you feel like oh it's really not that much more like how did that play into it at all for you guys that- uh, for me that was yeah for me that wasn't a really huge uh, motivator Um, I think I was uh, earning some good money and I I didn't see that it was going to be a huge uh, difference I was already project managing and growing in in a small firm Um, I think that the biggest thing was really looking at my professional life and uh, you are viewed very differently when you're when you walk into the room and say you're an architect and you're not um, oh I'm a project manager or uh, you know an intern when when the group sees that you're an architect it it, it is a lot of perception hmm. that really was the same for me as well I mean you know I, I, and honestly it, it may be a slightly different situation for me just because I was already an owner so, but so for me it was simply you know it's really uh difficult to as a principal of a firm for example have to call a newspaper who listed you as the architect and you have to call them and say hey yeah the article but you really can't say that mm-hmm. and can you please change it um <laughs> so it's literally you know largely about just the ability to to take that next big title that you, you, you can't legally have until you've passed it. And, um, and, and honestly, in my opinion too, it's, it's that little bit extra security because Mark of what you mentioned about, you know, you're more inclined to get paid more. There's, you're more marketable should something come up and you have to move or you go to a new place, you know, uh, being able to say that, have that professional, you know, the AI next to your name, Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, much more marketable than project manager. Lisa, what are your thoughts on this? 
Um, I so since I worked for a medium-sized firm, um, it's merged now. It's big, but um, inside of our firm structure, um, basically, you you know, promotions and salary. There's lots of you know boxes to check, and you know, of course, project performance was um, most important, but. Um, this is definitely a box to check for me to be able to move up and and just for my own my own security for the future if if I decide to do anything else mm-hmm. okay so sort of you really want to be able to step I've been working for the same firm for so long I needed to if if there was anything to move forward to in the future I needed to be able to have some some credentials to you know yeah you know I show agree for with it. you Lisa mm-hmm all right, so um, so let's move to the next one. There's a lot of stuff here. Um, I think actually before we move on, I just want to say um, I feel like it's always so. You guys are um, all licensed, Lisa, Joe, and Sean, all licensed. I'm pretty sure everyone has suggested that they've failed at least one exam, struggled with it. I know there's a lot of folks that are listening and sort of maybe a little afraid uh, of failing. And um, I just sort of want to say that out loud. Hey, we're talking to a bunch of licensed architects. I, I'm a licensed architect. I failed one of my exams. I don't want folks to be afraid of that. Just knowing, and I love. Uh, I think it was you, Joe, who talked about how you just sort of were on a, you know, decided you were going to do it, and you don't really know why, but you just decided you were going to figure it out. You didn't really know what you were getting yourself into. You just sort of decided to be- begin moving forward. Um, and it's, it seems like when we talk to folks, it's that com- that level of commitment that is really required and knowing like, well, I might screw this up and I might fail it, but whatever, I'm just going to like figure it out. So I think that's really um, awesome for you guys to share. Um, it's such a crazy feeling because I also, my very first test, I failed mm-hmm. because I hadn't actually physically um, actually worked through a vignette. Mm-hmm. And so I just read the contracts forever and ever it was construction documents and services and I just read and read and read and read and then took it and I was like oh my gosh I have no idea how to work this you know that that's an old conversation about doing the old vignette so um anyway I I felt like um it was a bad start (laughs) to the whole thing but at the same time I had to just keep going and that was the only in and I think while I got one or two under my belt before my daughter was born it was because I was studying with a group so Mm. I sort of did both things too Mm. so studying with a group and then when you fail but then your friend doesn't that doesn't feel good either but Uh, you also have them to like commiserate with still because they have no idea what they were doing really (laughs) and then (laughs) and then you um, just keep going and then you just go back to the study session Um, and then once the children overtake your life you have to study only when you have time (laughs) You don't yes. really study sessions with other people anymore. That's awesome. Um, again, there's so many good things here. Lisa, you're mentioning what Joe also mentioned that you know being in a group was helpful to him, um, mm-hmm. and that is a beautiful uh, segue. So I'm going to actually transition to our second question here, um, and I'll start with you, Lisa. Um, when and where and how on earth did you make time to study? Well, uh, like I said, I would I would give myself a month, and then I would make the I would schedule the exam, and then say, okay, I have four weeks, and I would um, be so unmotivated <laughs> and so sleepy. I would just try to w- read, read, read. I had the ballast books, yeah. um, 
instead of the Kaplan, I, I just had to just choose one and there was less material in the balance books to read. And so I just try to get through all of that. And uh, one mistake I did make once is I read and then I like got a Kaplan and I got all this material. I got so much to read that I was just kind of didn't have time to get all get to like touch on all the information. So I read a lot at the beginning, but then the most helpful part of, of the studying was doing practice tests. And, and, and in hindsight, I could have spent half of that month looking at practice tests and then going back and studying the things that I had no idea how to answer. 100% agree with that. And I, and I messed up by reading too much at the beginning on a lot of the tests. So looking back, those tests and those flashcards are 50% of your studying at least should be those. Okay, that's awesome. Um, but when did you find time? I mean, did you do it like during lunch? Did you oh, do it like at night? Like, when did you find time? Um, well, night was really the only time when I had time, but I oftentimes fell asleep. So um, I, I had to just have a very supportive husband where I just had to just like take whole weekend days and do it. Got it. So you just said, honey, I'm out of here. I'm going to go study all day Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, and usually then I was taking the test the next week. Got it. I okay. crammed at the, I was an end crammer in the end. So you sort of crammed um, on weekends. <laughs> yeah, I studied in the evenings. Um, I, I, you know, I didn't really have a set schedule, but there was reading involved in the beginning in the evenings until I knew that I had to start taking those tests and I needed to um, take myself away from home or work and just go somewhere and do it. Oh, by see, myself. That's, that's, that's a great insight there. Partners. Say it again, Joe. I said that, that we, we should have been study partners because that's exactly pretty much how, how I had to go through it mm -hmm. uh, as well. See, what I love about that is, Lisa, at the end of the day, you sort of had to, it almost was boiled down to like, well, how do I say this? Um, you sort of started with an idea like, okay, well, I'm going to study in the evenings and I'm going to mm -hmm. read all these books and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then the realities of, of, of your life at that time kind of boil it. It sort of distilled it down to like, all right, this is how it's going to, it's going to happen because I keep falling asleep at sleep at night. Um, and so I just need to kind of clear a day and I can't, you know, try to read all these books. I got to focus on, on some sort of resource and practice exams and flashcards sound like they were a good, a good place for you yes. to focus. Yeah, because flashcards, you could do it. I had a little train ride in the morning sometimes. I would, you know, you could do the flashcards kind of wherever, whenever. But those are good. Right. Well, and, and so, go, go ahead, Sean. I totally agree with the idea of the flashcards. I, I created some flashcards on my own um, before I could uh, get flashcards. But, you know, it's so important with kids just to have that balance. You know, the ability to have flashcards or or a thin book um you know when the kids are playing in the park or something and you you have that little brief moment it was seizing those opportunities um early on i totally fell into the same laps uh, as lisa and and getting very overwhelmed with having to read everything um i am the crammer at the end as well my wife is also in architecture, so she knew that taking these wonderful tests was going to be a part of her future. So <laughs> she became a little bit more uh, uh, understanding uh, of when the weekend before um, dad was not there. 
because he was studying in the attic or, or that, <laughs> <laughs> hiding away from the children. My my biggest part was if I could hear the kids um, out playing, uh, that made studying uh, even harder. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, yes. I, I did hide in the attic, um, and I did uh, get up in the morning to study, which I am not a morning person, so that was a, a huge sacrifice. But I needed to have that that time with the kids, uh, reading stories and and nighttime routine to balance the torture of studying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Balance the torture. Yeah. Joe, what are your thoughts uh, here? Well, and and Lisa touched on it for sure, but um, to me, the the number one most important thing is going to be having that support network so your your spouse really um you you have to have that kind of come to jesus if you will before you get started because there there's going to be slack that they have to be able to pick up and Mm -hmm. and and i was really lucky my wife was incredibly understanding and um worked to help get me that time that i needed um, but what I think a lot of people should remember, and this is, you know, my opinion, but there's, there's one thing that, that, uh, way that having kids, uh, young kids, especially actually makes it the studying process a little better or easier, um, in my opinion, and there's not many of these, but, um, <laughs> but they, they introduce you to routine, uh, in your life. Yeah. So, um, you know, my kids were one and four, uh, when, when I was studying and, you know, my wife is all about routine and keeping them in a routine. So what we did is before I got started, we sat down and, um, we identified, um, potential possible gaps in this routine. And basically the way it ended up is I just, um, I kind of tucked my time into the morning before they woke up or, in the evening after they went to sleep and you know now granted this isn't my kids weren't you know infants uh that that kind of cried every three hours um but i was able to um basically adapt on a day-to-day basis what time frame i studied in so if i had a big project at work or a huge deadline i'd you know maybe i wouldn't be studying in the morning i would get up and go you know to work early that morning and then study at night um and then just like Lisa, what, what, I, what ended up happening is, you know, I started out, I read, um, Kaplan, I bought the ballast 5.0, uh, and, uh, did the black spectacle stuff. And I ended up feeling like I was wasting some time. I don't want to say wasting time. No, reading anything is not necessarily a waste of time, but it ended up, um, whittling itself down to, you know, I had 10 years of experience under my belt. I ended up, um, and I took all my tests in 5.0 uh, uh, last year. By the last two or three tests, I was just um, reading on the portions of the test that I felt the least equipped to handle on my own through my own experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the rest, I just did yeah. Black Spectacles because what Black Specs is so good at is is it's not necessarily going to give you you know, 100% of all the details of all the information, uh, you, you know, it, it's a really good kind of, um, broad spectrum overview of all these things that 
click in and allow you to it kind of supplements your your own experiences and in my opinion that's the best part of 5.0 is the 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 best resource you have for studying is your own experience uh in the workplace and i agree go ahead john um really look at i know that i really had to look at what's going to give me the confidence because i think that part of the whole uh, challenge with uh, studying is to gain that confidence. So looking at the practice tests and taking more of them and almost not getting into that daunting, you have to read everything, but looking at um, the topics and what things I didn't really have a good confidence level on. I read those a little bit more in depth, but I did a lot of speed reading uh, at the end, you know, in my cramming at the end. It was really looking at um, highlighting the topics um, just to gain that confidence in mm-hmm. the information. Hmm. Yeah, that's and interesting. I, and, and, I'm sorry if I may, uh, uh, Joe. Yeah. So remind me again, everyone, uh, let's see, I'm gonna go back here. Um, so, Lisa, you had about nine years of experience. Sean, 14. Joe, how many years of experience did you have? Right at about 10. So you had uh, 10 just years. Shot 10, yeah. Well, you when, I, when I started, though, um, sorry to interrupt, I had about, uh, I had uh, three. Three, years. okay. So then I guess one question for you guys. A lot of folks, you know, um, say that having experience can be, can be problematic. In fact, you know, of course, we joke around here that you know NCARB is just assessing for minimum competency, and so a lot of times, people can trip all over themselves if they have too much experience. Um, Very true. You guys are sort of arguing instead that actually you relied on your experience. It allowed you to reduce the amount of time, um, let's say, that you were studying, maybe compared to others who don't have as much experience. Can you guys talk a little bit about that? I don't know if anyone has a stronger feeling about that. Well, I would say that my study habits changed dramatically because I had because I kind of ended up just doing the um, heading heading all the sample questions and making sure that I had some knowledge about everything that was in those pre those tests and those flashcards um, rather than at the very beginning I was reading anything that I can get my hands on and taking well, much I'm, longer study times. Mm-hmm. And and I guess I would that's a that's a good point, Mark. I, I would. I would, um, I guess, add to this that while I do, I do believe 100% that experience is the best. You know, I, I think I get it. You know, uh, depending on the office or the setting you work in, you might be doing a very limited, you know, amount of or type of work. You know, you might be doing a lot of the crown molding details or whatever, and that's kind of your thing, your job as a as a young project manager or project associate but um you know and that may get into other questions but if if it's me you know i I would think going to your bosses or to your your supervisor and just asking for that um that ability to get more exposure to different parts of of the process, you know, uh, I would hope that that most would be willing and able to accommodate that. But and we also have to, I think you have to remember that, you know, I say practical experience was the best thing. And even though we, I 
started a firm, for example, the, the practice management uh, portions and, and uh, even into some of the project management portions uh, where they're asking questions about how m different types of businesses might be set up or different ways of doing a particular type of process. You know, what are the different ways? You know, I've got, you know, kind of one way of doing, you know, I've, I do things the way I've always done them. We set up a, our own business. We did that obviously one way. So there's going to be difficulties, I guess, in finding experience for, you know, across the gamut. Mm -hmm. But, and I don't know what questions I got right or wrong, but I can tell you that the feeling I got coming out of each and every one of those tests is um, because, you know, I made the decision I'm going to fall back. If I, if I have no real firm, definite, you know, I, oh, I know I read this, this answer is correct then I allowed myself to fall back on, okay, based on the type of work I've done and the situations I've found myself in, in, you know, working in, in the real world, I'll fall back to that and let that inform my answer. And, you know, here I am now. So I have to believe that that was a, a at least a good approach for me, in my opinion. Mark, I guess in, in terms of thinking about the practical experience and and these exams it, it's kind of in some senses in my mind oil and water um, it the tests really seem to be about kind of going through that hurdle and and doing that general information it's it's really not uh, to connect with what you do on a daily basis as an architect within an office um, but Sean, the new version actually is way more like that. It's a lot more um, practical. Yeah. Or that's awesome to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it it's not so mysterious and just I, just like it's so infuriating. <laughs> I can't tell you how amazing it is to go into a test and rather than feeling like you've had to memorize all this stuff that in the real world you never have to memorize. It's all in a book somewhere that you can right. pull from. Exactly. And that's what they've done here. They've given you excerpts of of zoning ordinances or building codes, and there's familiarity with that. So the, that process of being given a situation to have to navigate and having those resources there, we, it's that that familiarity. Uh, and aside from the clunkiness of the of the interface itself, but the the, the resources being there. Um, are huge and so familiar and you actually get that sense of confidence. I don't know if it was that way for you, Lisa. I felt you could feel confidence come in and out with these various questions as you kind of, ooh, you knew exactly where to go look, uh, that kind of thing. That's yeah. super because as architects, we're supposed to know a little bit of, about a lot. You know, the important yeah. thing is, is knowing uh, the resources that you need to go to to get that information. So I think that's a huge step in the right direction. So it sounds like we've got, uh, you know, m multiple thumbs up for ARV 5.0, which is good to hear. I'm sure the folks from NCARB would be really pleased to hear that. Um, for all of you who aren't aware of this, ARE 4.0 is expiring on June 30th, so um, if you still have some tests to take, make sure you take them before June 30th, or at least uh, consider and look into sort of the, the five exam plan or that transition where you can take a couple exams in 4.0 and 5.0. So that's my that's my NCARB um, 
uh, <laughs> public service announcement right there. Um, guys, and maybe Lisa, I'll start with you. Um, we've talked a little bit about this, but maybe we'll ask it in a more specific way. Maybe what was, uh, Lisa, your biggest challenge in maintaining sort of the home and family life along with studying? Um, and maybe we should have even written that sort of your professional and family life. So you're working in an office and family life, and the third thing is studying in here. How did you, um, what was the biggest challenge you had? And how did you overcome it, I suppose? Uh, the biggest challenge, um, I guess I'm, it's just sort of challenging logistically. That's mm -hmm. the biggest challenge. It's not very, an, a very exciting answer, <laughs> but it's essentially just fitting it in. And oh. then, um, overcoming the challenge, I think studying and taking these tests became this sort of like bridging thing where like my family was on my side and then of course my office was on my side and it was sort of like this caring like overarching thing that was like gonna hopefully make in the end both both situations better mm. um and i also looked to it um i guess you could say i'm a little bit goal oriented and mm. This is something I'm just coming up with as I'm sitting here thinking. And my children were always <laughs> fairly mysterious to me. And I didn't always, it's always just like extremely like mind boggling what, uh, you know, just the amount of energy it takes to take care of children. So taking these tests and just sort of being able to check these boxes and being like, I am still a person that can like learn and do the right thing and, and, sure you know, further my career, I can still do it. A little bit of a confidence booster that I think I might have needed also in the, amidst this sort of like upheaval of your life, like kind of taking care of a whole family. So I and think I went a little bit off track there, but um, I think the tests and everything just became like a part of both lives. And Lisa, you did that on sleep deprivation too with, with yeah. infants. <laughs> That's amazing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I I did it pregnant. Lisa, I can, I did it I can hear the pregnant. swagger. I can hear your swagger from uh, through the microphone. That's awesome. <laughs> yep, I did that. You earned it. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, it was just like you know, I I can do this. This this is somehow going to be uh, having a career and having good, well kept children can happen somehow. Sean, what are your thoughts well, on this one? Mine emotionally was really trying to get that time management, working with very different uh, schedules with my kids, um, being very active young kids, um, and me wanting to not miss any moment with them. So mm -hmm. that that was a real hard emotional kind of challenge for me as, um, yeah, architecture is important, um, but it's not my life. Um, so I really wanted to um, have that balance of of getting those opportunities uh, with the kids and the balance with work. There were times that I had to manage putting this off a little bit uh, for projects schedules. So it was really time management for me. Okay. Um, how about you, yeah. Joe? Well, very similar to, to both the other guys. I, you know, I, I kind of I set my priorities, you know, going into it, you know, I've, and I've always had kind of the same priority level. My, you know, my family comes first and then, 
and then my job comes second and and this was a, a tight third so I absolutely um, when it came to it uh, wasn't going to let this trump any of those things and um, you know that became the biggest challenge I guess coming back to the question was you know your your wife or your husband you know they're picking up slack and they're, they're happy to do so or, or, or maybe not but <laughs> they're doing it and they're helping yeah. and um, you know and that's great and that's not a bad thing for that first test but then you you start then there's a second and a third and a fourth and it gets it gets to be difficult over time um, and so you just I had I made the decision I, that if if my wife needed a break if we were going on that vacation or if it was my daughter's, you know, uh, dance recital that was coming up, then, you know, that stuff wasn't going to get missed. And it was up to me then to work that remaining study time in. And, mm -hmm. and that's why um, I'd be surprised if the majority of parents who are, find themselves studying um, don't end up having to create that time by either getting up earlier or staying up later or studying over the lunch break or, or what have you. It's, right. it's interesting. It sounds a little bit um, about, it sounds like one of the principles here is about being flexible, but also about being focused. So in a way, you sort of set your priorities, but if something comes up that is, um, let's say, you didn't really plan for, um, well, you might shift your priorities and you might say, okay, well, I was, I was planning on doing this, but I'm going to sort of shift my priorities and, and do this other thing instead, but then I'm going to get back to what I was doing. Is that a and that is thing to say? going to happen. That is absolutely, absolutely going to happen, and I would be shocked if it didn't happen continually, uh, you know, more than once. And, and that just comes into the dedication, and and you're pull, and again, like I said, I mean, you can pull from these these traits that you have. You're forced to learn, and this this kind of maturity you develop as as a new parent. I mean. Though that skill set that you develop in becoming a parent is is going to make sticking with the study process a little bit more manageable. Mm -hmm. At least it did for me. It's very yeah. true. One thing I think that we all agree on too in that second part of the question, how did you overcome the challenge, is that your family has to buy into it too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, 100%. You're, you know, it's you definitely be... have to take time. Occasionally, you can't always study at night and you're going to need a little bit of time to be able to do it your family and if they're kind of you know you can get them kind of excited about it they're really supportive and that really helps too yeah and you're gonna do the best you can you know my wife and I uh, let's see it was the very end of January start of February last year that that I signed up for the the actual class that was going to be attacking these things and we did our best to sit down and kind of map out the year you know we knew we were going to go down to uh see her family for the holiday we knew we were going to try to take a vacation in the summer so we try to map these things out and of course it almost never goes the way you think it's going to go as we've already said um and and you just have to adapt uh but and and that's why it's it it will be much better if uh if your family and 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 your office uh, of course are are you know going to bat for you and and supportive. So Lisa, I want to um, um, raise a question here from one of our, our listeners. 
um, as a mother. So Saruchi um, asks, she says, please talk about how to get licensed with small children. It's especially harder for new mothers. We'd like to hear some time management tips from you, Lisa. I know that, you know, um, I have kids and I certainly saw a lot of the burden, certainly in the early years, be way more proportionally on my wife than, than myself. And so Lisa, how did you well, kind of deal with that? Looking back at my notes where I wrote, finally wrote back down all the, when I took the tests and when I had my babies, Mm -hmm. I I didn't start taking tests until after they were closer to two. Mm -hmm. So that must be something about when routine gets a little bit more regular. Um, Okay. uh, Then there's, um, you know, like dad, dad puts him to bed too. And it doesn't, you know, you don't have to like started to get graphic but you're not like putting all of your energy your loving energy into breastfeeding and getting up at night and all that kind of stuff you, you can't you know there's no reason to bother yourself with studying at that time um i think the there needs to be a little bit of um uh you just have to be able to let go with some of your responsibility and put it in the hands of your spouse and and just go ahead and if they're, you know, you need them to be supportive and you have to mm-hmm. do it in the evening. And like I said, I could, I could barely study at night. I definitely couldn't study in the morning. My children, one of my kids doesn't ever sleep through the night. So <laughs> that's just in the side thing. But, um, oh, I, I just can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> do it at night. I have to, my husband has to give me time to be able to do it. And, and then that's why I ended up just doing the cramming. And you just have to do, you have to study less than you think you need to, and then just take them and see if you actually pass them. Well, and, and <laughs> the fear and, of um, failing is going to be pretty big because you'll never have felt so unprepared for something. You have to, you have to just get through it. And, and Mark, I would say just to kind of underline that point, and I'm obviously not a mother, um, so my experience was, of course, uh, uh, different, but. I imagine there's probably several people listening and, 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 and out there that, you know, maybe they don't have a spouse. They might be a single parent mm-hmm. and you still um, should hopefully have, you know, a support network of some sort of fa- uh, family or extended family, friends. Um, the other thing I think, and I, I would imagine Lisa and Sean would both agree with me that you, you have to also keep in mind is though you have those priorities, your children are your priority, your family, uh, and then your job and all these things. The other thing to keep in mind is, is, you know, you deserve this. You deserve to be licensed. You've been working. You went through a long ordeal in college. You, you were the, you didn't get to go out to all the parties in college. You're working in studio, you know, you come out and you have to put in all this, um, time, these years ahead of time, just to get to where you can take the tests. So you've earned the right to take those tests. So, if you have to, you know, make certain other sacrifices or if you have to ask that difficult question of your parents or your in-laws to say, you need to watch these kids for me on this schedule because, you know, I need to do this, then then don't feel guilty in doing that. I love this discussion. This is awesome. Um, I'm going to move on here as we're, you know, the clock's ticking here against uh, for us. Sean, I want to ask you, um, what did license and getting licensed do for you and you know, what did you do to celebrate? I mean, I think talking a little bit about um, 
some of the things that we've talked about in the past of, of really connecting with a family and having it be um, something that we're all doing. Um, we've talked, my wife and I, with my kids about what I'm doing and, and trying to have them understand that dad's taken a lot of tests and um, he needs to have some times that uh, we can practice um, studying together. Um, but we always celebrated, and, and this was, I had to wait for the letters to come in the mail. Um, my last, <laughs> took forever. My last, oh, it was awful. It was really <laughs> awful. Um, I've never gone to the post box as much as I, I did then <laughs> um, until the end, you know, the, my last tests were uh, electronic. But it was a celebration at the, at the post box, and um, we really did that as a family. So... You know, my kids would be going into school saying, my dad finally passed that one test. Or, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was really funny what they would come up with. Um, but it was the celebration as I, I missed out on some things uh, by studying. So they they were really excited when, you know, one, one more test was uh, nicked off the list. So what, did you walk down to the mailbox uh, with your kids and you guys opened up the letter together right there? Or? Yeah, we did. <laughs> That's awesome. It, it was kind of that, you know, they were they were just as depressed if it didn't come <laughs> in the mail. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. That's so and, awesome. they, and they, they saw when I, I didn't pass one test, yeah. um, I knew in my mind uh, it, it was really not because I didn't know the material, it was my mental... I, I always had it that I was going to I was going to fail structures because mm. I'm not good at it. So it was really that mental. But they saw when I was depressed, and you know yeah. they were there to give the hug and uh, say you're you're going to study harder next time, Dad. That's such you an know, awesome. Um, it was good learning experience, probably for your kids to watch you go through that and to you know to see sometimes there's a, a real excitement, sometimes there's you know disappointment, and for them to. Um, participate in sort of consoling you and then celebrating with you. That's pretty awesome. Absolutely. It was great. Hmm. Joe, how about yourself? Well, I mean, I can't, um, I can say that the feeling of getting licensed, uh, you know, obviously we've all, all on here, we've, we've had kids and there's nothing quite like having, having kids. And I'm sure everybody listening would, would get that as well. But there really isn't anything like getting licensed either. (laughs) I I, I can't say I can. They're not really apples to apples, of course, but it's there's nothing like it. And it for me, when the last test result came down and I saw it, it was I was certainly, you know, happy about it. But, you know, I had to go right back to work, came home, had to cook dinner for the kids, get them down. So there wasn't I think we went out to dinner uh, to celebrate. But yeah. It really, the celebration for me was more internal and quiet, and it's one of those things that I never had the scream out loud and jump up and down moment. It's one of those things that, you know, I it, it kind of got it done and and it left my mind, and then something happens where you walk into a, a room and you introduce yourself as an architect and then it hits you in that moment. And then, you know, you, a newspaper, something comes up in, you know, in an article and they say architect next to your name and you don't have to call them and tell them to change it. 
<laughs> and then it happens again, and it and it keeps happening in these little moments. Um, you see your your license hung up on the wall or something, and um, and there's all these little celebrations. So I'm still celebrating it, if you want to put it that way. Um, I agree. I agree with you, Joe. The idea of walking to a room and and saying you're an architect, um, it it's really that combination of those hours and you know that started back in studio in college you know decades yeah <laughs> decades exactly work. and that, and, and so yeah of course if you think about it you would hope that it wouldn't all wash over you in an instant and then be gone and you're back to <laughs> right life. i mean it's it goes on and on and and work I, for this. I promise everyone that it is worth the heartache and the struggle and the stress and the anxiety it's it's worth every single bit of it it's so, it's so funny joe to see this the way that you're kind of comparing getting licensed with having children and like how painful and joyful and wonderful and frustrating having children is is almost exactly yeah. like getting licensed not to be very not true. to be confused with making children which is very different yeah. uh, having the children <laughs> Is, That's way uh, more fun. Yeah, is uh, is is a certainly a mixed bag, which is really funny. Um, Lisa, how about you? Um, tell me about getting licensed and how do you, and what did it do for you? How did you celebrate? Um, it definitely it definitely is just an accomplish accomplishment that you just keep with you. It's like you 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 know you got to like put on the badge. And, where I didn't know if I said I some of my most favorite architects aren't actually licensed architects they were professors that I worked for or but you know like they didn't have to get licensed it doesn't mean you're a better architect and surely it doesn't mean you're a better architect it's just that you're legally an architect and you just you went you went through it and you're you are officially what you set out to be and someone has given you that name and it just it means something and it's it's a huge accomplishment and I, um, this is way more on a funnier note. Um, how did I celebrate? I um, <laughs> happened to have just uh, installed the bathroom in our house that we were, had just been renovating. Mm -hmm. And so I had a, um, a glass of whiskey and <laughs> and yes. I was getting into the tub and, my, and I was like, I'm an architect and I have a bathtub. And that was like the best. <laughs> that sounds perfect. That sounds like a perfect celebration. <laughs> that was basically all the celebration like that I did. But so um, if I heard you right, you said you took a, a bath in whiskey. Is that what you said? I think that's what you said. That's what <laughs> we're writing down. You hit the big okay. life now. No, I, had a, I only had a glass. <laughs> in the whiskey, but uh, it was a big. It was just a big load off, and the. The fact that you're just accomplished and that that like thing that you're supposed to be doing is over is humongous. It yeah. is huge. Now Lisa, you can all of a sudden put all of your energy into your kids again. Yeah, that's awesome. Lisa, as I we like look to wrap this up here, give me your advice. Um, we have lots of folks listening in. We have so many comments. It's, it's kind of overwhelming. So many people are like high-fiving. I don't know if you guys can feel it. They're like high-fiving you guys and amen to that um, through, through this, 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 uh, this session. Thank you, you all. Um, uh, so, Lisa, what, uh, what's your advice in general for folks with kids who are looking to get licensed? Uh, you have to just go for it. You have to just do what you can do, get to a point when you, you feel just mildly confident, and then you have to just st schedule that exam and go to it and take it. You, there's only That's the only way to do it. You can't put it off. You have to just go for it. 
And um, Joe, how about you? Well, the way I've described it to, to people in the past is, you know, I grew up in the mountains and we go to a lake and there's cliffs you can jump off of. And it's, it's sort of, for me, it was just like that. It's, you're standing on a cliff and it's at one time kind of terrifying and maybe exhilarating. Ultimately, you know, you're, you probably wouldn't do it again, <laughs> you know, if you had to, but it's the same way. How do you, how do you take that step? You just have to take it. There's no no magic to it you just have to decide and I would just again remind people that if I could give one piece of advice it's don't wait anymore because it won't get easier it, it, it will never there will never be some magic year or two years or three years after you have kids uh, that will just be way easier than everything else you can tell yourself you know when they're not an infant and they're not crying all night and sure but you know the stress doesn't go away as they get older it just changes form uh, in, in my opinion so do not wait and and again I would underline the fact that you know everybody listening to this has gone through school they've put in the hours at their job they're this is that next step and it's a huge one and you've earned it you've worked really hard for it and that number, that state number is sitting right there. It's not going anywhere. It's nobody's going to hand it to you unless you take the time and the energy and, you know, use the tools you've learned as a parent to, to get there and, and take it. Sean, how about yourself? I like what Joe was talking about in terms of um, it's never going to get easier. Kids, even, even now teen kids, they have their, their demands, um, but make really find your pace and and make it go faster. I, I thought that I, you know, I had this four month thing. I should have done it faster and I could have done it faster. I had a boss at the time going, just take them all and just deal with it that way. Um, there is some truth to that. Um, but finding that balance uh, for yourself um, and going a little faster. And, and I guess my last part is, don't take a break because taking a break it it's even harder to get back into yeah, that don't routine stop the train. right exactly yeah, I get had that to train take going and go. I had to take a couple breaks um, just because logistically and each time I plunked the first one coming back in yep yeah uh, that was the same our class that we took there was a summer hiatus uh, like a month gap between and I was scared. I, I'm a creature of habit. Um, I'm definitely the the train analogy. The way I work, um, takes a lot to get started, and and if I stop, it's bad. So I actually jumped ahead of the class at the end because I, simply because I was scared to to take a break. Um, yeah. And it, it really is. Did any of you guys take advantage of the six month extension uh, to the rolling clock with the birth of each child? Um, I'll. Atara is um, uh, one of our listeners is asking that question. I did not. Lisa, Joe. I did not uh, either. I was I was actually really fortunate when I I took everything in 5.0 and and once I started in 5.0 I didn't didn't fail one so I was I was pretty lucky with that. Lisa? I did. I didn't know really about that extension. Um, it, that wasn't really a thing. I don't think. But, but I did, when I jumped into 5.0, um, 
I was happy that it gave me, it automatically gave me some kind of extension. And I was looking at my notes and I actually oh, yeah, I went over like a oh, month. Yeah. I've, yeah. I finished my last one like of five and five years and one month later. I, yeah, I hear that. My last three tests, I took in two weeks separating them. So I kind of forced myself to just get it done before timelines. So I, I was really nervous about that. Mm -hmm. I, I would say too another, again in my opinion, but uh, uh, important thing is to the, the biggest motivator for studying is is to schedule it and go ahead and yeah, schedule yeah. them. I think one of my tests I had to push it back because I, I mean I think we were christening my son or something like that, but I absolutely had to push it back. But you know that hanging over you. Uh, that 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 deadline, uh, you know, we're Absolutely. all used to those. That you have to have those. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. <clears throat> that was great advice that I got as well. Um, so for all of you who are listening, when you're done with this webinar, I want you to ha to hop on the web and go schedule your your next exam if you haven't already. Schedule, schedule a couple. Yeah, that, sure, that's yeah. actually what I did. I scheduled all of mine, um, yeah. and boy, did it hold me accountable because I didn't want to spend the extra money. I just want to add one extra thing here. We've we've tried to sprinkle in some comments from the from the listeners. Carmen um, says she says I'm a single new mom, so congratulations, Carmen. I found getting to work yeah. two hours early and studying during lunch hour was the only free time I had. That sounds familiar to me. In fact, um, I remember I used to have the same breakfast at this little corner restaurant every morning when I was studying that I still crave every once in a while. Um, and she was asking about, um, and she also says she has a three-hour three-hour commute back and forth to drop her kids off. And so she's asking about audio study material. And I would just mention that um, at Black Spectacles, we hear a lot of folks actually listen to our videos uh, in the car on their commute. Um, so I did that as well. You use yeah. it that way. So um, I am very close with Mike Newman, though, though we've never met. Uh, <laughs> it's really funny. We have uh, when we go to conferences and stuff, and Mike is there. People just sort of like marvel at seeing him in person. It's really funny. I I, I would have to attribute a li just some level uh, has to of this has to go to 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 him. Uh, yeah. He's a great asset. Great asset. He certainly is. So with that, I'll, I'll bring our conversation to a close. I want to thank. Um, Everyone, Lisa, Sean, Joe, you guys, um, you really shared a lot of, a lot of stuff here, and uh, we're really sort of courageous with sharing a lot of different things. So I really appreciate that, and I know everybody else does. Um, so thank you so much. Um, for all of you who are listening in, um, I'd like to thank you for submitting your questions and your comments. And if you'd like to attend our next ARE Live broadcast, again, we're going to be focusing on uh, the contracts. Um, um, you go to blackspectacles.com slash podcast to register uh, for that. And um, as we always uh, say, you have the opportunity to ask any questions um, to the panel uh, during that uh, during that episode. To learn a little bit more about Black Spectacles ARE exam prep curriculum, you can go to blackspectacles.com where you can try out any of the free course videos. And uh, again, if you want your boss to pay for your membership, be sure to visit blackspectacles.com slash firms to learn more about our firm memberships. Um, and for those of you who are ready to start preparing for the ARE right now, you know, the coupon code is, is on the screen here. It's parents22018PC. So you can use that to get a 15% discount for the entire duration of your ARE exam prep membership. Um, 
And then finally, tomorrow we'll send you guys an email follow-up about today's live broadcast. So please let us know what you think and share any suggestions that you may have, including any other episodes you guys might like to hear. Um, we're always open to, uh, in fact, this today's episode came as a result of um, someone's feedback during one of the sessions. So if you have any feedback, you can put it in the question box or you can you can um, respond to the email you'll get tomorrow. Um, and as I always say, you know, we'll read every word that you guys write and use them to tune our next episodes. So thanks for tuning in. Good luck studying. Thanks. Go get them, guys. Good luck, everyone.